Hello and welcome to Q Podcast, the podcaster's podcast, hosted and produced by me, Matt Dean, at QPod Podcast Studio in Oldham, Greater Manchester. At QPod, we believe that all you really need to make a great pod is a passion, a purpose, and a little bit of production knowledge, and you're off. You can work the rest out along the way. That's what we and thousands of others have done, so why not you? I love the process of creating podcasts and the sound of my own voice so much that I've gone from producing my twice-weekly football podcast to starting a podcast production company and opening a studio. Producing podcasts is my passion and my purpose, and in each episode I'll be talking with different podcasters about why they do what they do and how they do it. Podcasts are like anything. They range from the no-frills to the super-fancy and everything in between. They are made by a hugely varied range of people on virtually infinite subjects in all kinds of ways, which means that the content of this show can literally be about anything, which I find extremely exciting and interesting, and I hope you do too. So let's crack on with the show. The person with the honour of being the first ever guest on Q Podcast is Nick, who started a podcast about Sheffield band That's It Monkeys. So Nick, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me, mate. It's, it's a pleasure. You and I only really talk online and on podcasts, don't we? Like our whole relationship has been like borne out in public, pretty much. Yeah. And award ceremonies. Yeah, sometimes. well, that's the only is that's the only time we've met. Is that an, is that an award ceremony, which was because of podcasts? So that, that our life is our lives have crossed paths because of podcasts and now you're on a podcast about podcasts with me yeah it was, yeah, it, was, it, was, it, was it was inevitable wasn't it yeah. really it really was so we you know just to clarify um you and i both run football podcasts yeah, that's um, correct, yeah. I, i'm an old athletic fan you're a stockport county fan and for the last couple of years we've got to know each other through that but you also have another podcast so do you want to tell us about that one because we're not here to talk football We've done enough of that. We're going to talk something yes. else. What, else, what are we this talking about instead? Yeah, so it's another one of our shared passions. Music Absolutely. is the, the theme of my other podcast. Uh, so I'm a huge fan of Arctic Monkeys. Uh, well, off the back of doing this podcast, they're probably my favourite band ever now. I've uh, been into them since even before they got signed when they released the demos. And yeah, basically a friend of mine who I'd not spoken to in about 10 years. I used to be in a band with him. We used to go to gigs together about 10, 15 years ago. And he just got in touch out of the blue in September. Every time a new Arctic Monkeys release comes out, we'll message each other on Facebook and say, oh, what do you think? And this time around, they've released a new single in September and I messaged him. He's like, oh, I've had an idea. I want to do a podcast about Arctic Monkeys. Um, just every week we cover a different song. Just go, go from the start of the back catalogue. And it's it's just going to be infinite because they've got what, <laughs> yeah. seven albums, B sides, side projects, and everything. And yeah, we'd, within a week we'd started recording the first one, and it's just kind of snowballed from there. We've just launched a Patreon and everything, and it's yes, yeah, it's gone a bit mental. It's one of them where we where we thought it'd be very because I already do a niche podcast. Obviously, you mentioned the Stockport County one, which is fairly niche a football podcast. You've kind of got the a certain audience level you can get to, and then it's not really going to. Unless the, the football club kind of grows even more, then your podcast isn't. But with this, we've just found we've got 
this weird worldwide audience. We're getting yeah. people from like South America messaging and just saying that they're listening and stuff. It's absolutely bonkers, but fun. That's brilliant. No, that's brilliant. I mean, how long is it? How long since you started it? So we started the first week of October was our first episode, and we've had close. I think it's close to nine thousand listens we've had in that time. Seventeen episodes have released. Wow. Yeah. So it's going really well. And that's the thing that you and I share with, you know, Stockport and Oldham. I mean, obviously they're both massive football clubs in our heads, uh, but in, you know, <laughs> globally, and they're not, there is yeah. niche in it. Um, yeah. But I think like, cause obviously, you know, we're, we're here to talk about passion, purpose and production. Mm. Uh, and, and it's obvious, like you said, we, we have shared passions of, of football and music, but as this kind of like, was, was, was the, football podcast and was that like a good grounding for you then to to move into something which has got a much bigger audience yeah are you, are you glad you did it that way around yeah definitely i mean even even with the football podcast when i first got involved with that what, eight on about seven eight years ago uh that was off the back of me doing like trying out a bit of stand-up and quickly finding out that that wasn't for me um so that, yeah the football podcast kind of gave me the confidence to be able to do stand-up type stuff but not in a stand-up setting, yeah. if, if you get me. Yeah. And it's, it's the same for my colleague on the Active Monkeys podcast. He he was in the same situation. He He's dabbled in stand-up. and writing. So he, he's writing a sitcom at the moment. Well, he's written it and filmed a pilot. So he's editing at the moment. He's going to release it on video sites and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, it's just, just, just that kind of opportunity to explore things. But, yeah, the football podcast is where it started, really, because I think your podcast is very much like ours in the – it's more of a comedy podcast, but with a football setting. Now you you you'll go off on tangents and stuff. Like you you try and make it funny rather than just being a kind of dispassionate hour long discussion about tactics and stuff like that. But let's let's face it, it's boring, isn't it? Just talking about to tactics be honest, Nick, I, I don't I don't listen to a lot of football stuff because it's boring. No. It's dull. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, but the it. thing is, that people that are listening that don't know like, our football clubs have have been a comedy of errors. For that, for, 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 and so we've we've had to sort of like we've we've both been going through like very very dark times, and so we've had to. There's has to have been a dark humour uh, and and some brevity in there just to sort of like ease the mood. Otherwise, you'd go mad. And also, it's about your personality as well, isn't it? I mean, like you're having a conversation, you, you you you're going to try and make it fun. If you're doing something every week, you want to enjoy it, don't you? And that's the other side of the passion thing about it. Is you know you can you have to talk about something with passion, but you have to enjoy it, don't you? You know, you have to get your, or it has to, I mean, there's, this is the whole thing. Podcasts can be hugely serious. They can cover extremely serious topics. But if you want to do like a weekly podcast and you said you're doing two weekly podcasts now, it's about things that you presumably can just talk about almost infinitely. That's exactly it. Like the, I mean, all the podcasts I listen to, they've got the vibe of just people in a pub just chatting. And I think that comes across in both the football one and in this as well. I think that's kind of just so if you do tune into it, you just feel like you're just sat in the pub with these people rather than, like you said, just just talking really boring about tactics or or with the music one, just talking about chords and stuff like that. So, we're try, you know, trying to try, try to make it funny kind of kind of makes makes a difference. But it's, it's, it's one of them where it's not even a case of consciously trying to make things funny. It's just if you do act act like you would be in the pub, then stuff just just comes out naturally it's not it's not like we sit there writing jokes all week for either podcast or anything it just whatever happens happens well that's i mean that's the other thing i mean obviously i'm focusing on the three p's but those three p's cover a lot of other things as well and mm. 
you know, under production, I would put chemistry, like interpersonal chemistry and, you know, the, the rapport that you have and the people that you do these things with, because that's really, really important in it. Like building up a team. I know you do, you and Russ do it. Uh, and I'm talking to Russ in the next interview about the, the football podcast in more depth, but you two have got great chemistry. You've got a, a mm. dynamic, which, you know, you've got complementary skills and personalities and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's really, really important because I think to, you can't do it on your own. You can, but I mean, I mean, what are you going to do? Sit there and talk to yourself every week for a, half an hour or an hour. You need to have that spark and that chemistry. And and I've done the same with my football podcast. I've got a team. There's four of us now that kind of work on it in one capacity or another. Yeah. And it's vitally important, isn't it? And 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 your mate, obviously, you've done this with your mate, so you 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 obviously knew each other and you had a a connection anyway. And and is that as as is it just like you know, if you were talking on the phone, is it just the same on the podcast? That's it. I mean, we'll we'll have a chat every week, or I'll I'll go around to his house and whatever, have a couple of drinks, and it's it's just the just just the same. It's you, you could just record us us chatting. I think because we already had that chemistry from like being in a terrible band together, so we kind of knew that we've just not seen for like ten years, and you just kind of pick up where where you left off, don't you? And um, mm. yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's been great, like. I mean, it's, it's it's hard work, obviously. Like when you're committing to having to actually work out what evening you're going to do it on a week, because you don't want them to be like on successive evenings, because you just burn out from one of them. Um, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's it's just that when you I think the chemistry is a mass a massive difference. Like like, like I said, every every podcast I listen to, it's normally two co-hosts and they've got great chemistry and it shows straight from the start. Yeah. And I, I won't be listening to them if it wasn't if it wasn't yeah. for that at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. I think and and like thinking about like you know football and music, that it's all about shared experiences, isn't it? And I think yeah. that's I think that's really important, like with the with with podcast with those types of podcasts, because what what you're talking about, you've got different types. You've got like I recorded a 2022 review of the year episode, and it was like a documentary, kind of wrote a narrative, went back, found the clips, edited them all in, and, and it was like telling a story. And that it took a long time to do, but I really enjoyed it. But if you were doing that every week, you'd you'd want to be getting paid, you know, quite a lot of money to do it. And then there's this more like informal kind of like let's let's have a chat and just record the chat kind of thing um and and i think those are the ones where you can use that kind of shared experience like you know you're talking about a particular song and everybody who's listening has got an experience an emotion a memory shared with that and and you're telling yours while it's inspiring theirs and then i presume they're getting in touch with you and sharing those with you and it's just this big collective shared experience isn't it that's it i mean i love like i mean music and football that's that's the two things for me that's i mean you, you can take anything away from me just don't take music and football <laughs> and that that's it with, with both of them as well i think there's no right or wrong answer you know when it comes to giving your views and your opinions it's just it's just all down to personal experience and opinion and stuff like that, which i admit does make it a lot easier that you know, nothing nothing's wrong with it you know you know if, if it was like a, a politics podcast or something like that i'd be well out of my depth because you know just a not knowing enough about it and and b there's just clear stuff that's right and wrong but with this yeah it's, it's just amazing to get these 
you know, songs that we've known for like 16 or 17 years and then get, getting people from America who are a fan of the band, like emailing and just saying, oh, well, I didn't really know this song, but now it's one of my favourites because I've heard you chatting about it and stuff. And yeah, it's all them stories that you can attach to stuff. It's great. Yeah, I love it. Does that kind of does that kind of cross over into the purpose then from the passion as to like why, you know, why you're doing it? Uh, because, you know, you, your mate comes along and says like, should we do this? And you, you you have to think about it. You have to think, is this something that I want to commit to? Is this somebody that I want to commit to spending the time with? Because one of the things that's really important with podcasting or anything like this is, is consistency. You've got to deliver when you say you're going to deliver. You know, you've got to deliver to a certain standard every time, you know, um, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then there's reason of why you're going to do that. And then is 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 the purpose that you are finding now that you're experiencing it the same purpose that you think you maybe you set off with or has it changed or yeah i mean obviously obviously doing the football one for like 7 years or so you kind of get used to not making money from it you know not not drawing a wage it's not not going to not going to become a full-time job where you're going to you get to quit your real job for it but at the same time it's when it when it came to me with the idea if if I I assume there'd already be one out there, someone doing what we're doing, because there's there's loads of loads of uh, podcasts dedicated to TV shows where they'll go do episode by episode. And I thought like it must have been done, and just no one's doing it for music whatsoever. There's like general music podcasts, but no one's doing it where the chronicle like the history of a band and start from the beginning and do a song a week. And I just thought, well, there could be something. I was like, if if it goes all right, if we've still got the chemistry and stuff, then then maybe it could lead to you know making a bit of money, but. In terms of purpose, for me at first, it was just wanting someone to talk to about acting. Because my girlfriend at the time absolutely despised them. Uh, literally her most hated band ever. So I was like, well, <laughs> yeah. I, I want someone to talk yeah. to about Arctic Monkeys so I'm not bending her ear and really annoy- well, annoying her any more than I was at the time anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was just, just that was the main purpose for me, just getting to chat about them. And then if anyone listens, it's a bonus. And I think yeah. that's, that's kind of helped in terms of like growing the audience because we're not trying too hard. Yeah, we're not like trying desperately to get people to cling on to us and stuff like that. I think I think that makes a bit of a difference in terms of purpose. And the purpose then does change, though, doesn't it? Because then you've got the you've 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 got people that are they're not relying on you because it's like life or death, but it becomes part of people's routine, part of something that people look forward to. It's like a a, a journey of discovery of like these new songs and 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 all this kind of stuff. And then your purpose becomes to sort of feed into that. And and it, and it becomes more fulfilling, doesn't it? It becomes part of your life, and it connects. I just think, I just think, honestly, I think it's absolutely fantastic that we can relatively easily. I mean, but uh, te- technology wise, like we, there is a lot of work that goes into it, and it is a commitment. But relatively easily, just connect with people across the planet over a shared interest. And then it, it, it changes our life. It changes, you know, things happen, friendships happen, connections. And it's just, I, I just think we're really lucky to live in an age where we're able to express ourselves in this way and connect with people in this way. I mean, we had some guy in America, after the first couple of episodes, some guy in America emailed us and basically said, oh, I'll, I'll listen to your podcast every Wednesday when I have my bath on a Wednesday night. Now, my voice isn't the type of thing that normally makes people want to take their clothes off. So for, for some just random guy in America to have, have seen the podcast, when, when we've mentioned it on the Arctic Monkeys subreddit and people have picked it up from there. And for this guy just to like make us part of our his routine that yeah. early was just 
absolutely mental. Like, I mean, we get we get it with the football one, people, because it's live. They'll tune in for that every week, and it's like just a live TV show, basically. Yeah. But you have some guy like other side of the world who, you know, has little in common with us apart from the band that we, that we all love. Is yeah, it's, it's it's astonishing, isn't it? It's absolutely mental. Yeah. It's, it's one of them things that I still I still don't really come to terms with. Like, cause obviously, I kind of grew up grew up at the time before tech like technology we've got now like being able to not be in the same room and do a podcast and stuff like that like none of that i mean i had a long distance relationship like back in like 2006 7 and there was no skype there was no zoom or anything like that so i had to like ring her when she, yeah. she was in canada and just the fortune, so it? So much. <laughs> absolutely mental yeah 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 that's yeah. why it didn't work out i was skinny yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, for, for now to be able to just have this connection to people across the world like that just absolutely blows my mind. I, I, I think I'm secretly like 85 in a 35-year-old person's body because it still blows my mind. I mean, I can use it all, but all this technology just still blows my mind that we can do stuff like that. It's bonkers. I know. I mean, I, 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 I think about that kind of stuff all the time. And like, how does it really work? Like, do, do people actually know how the people actually know how this stuff works because they make it? And I can't, I can't get my head around the fact that people understand how this stuff works. You know what I mean? It's like all just seems so ridiculously complicated. But I'm like, people are people. What people can achieve is amazing, isn't it? Some people are so clever um, that they can make all this stuff happen. For, I'm the same with flying. Every time I go on a plane, I'm like, wow. I think of all the all the thousands and thousands of years and millions and millions of people have gone before is that have just looked up at the sky wish they could fly and they're we're just there like looking down on clouds like with a lot of pissed up people around us on our way to magaluf or whatever yeah, like really yeah. nonchalantly like yeah whatever yeah. but it's actually amazing like what a time to be alive it's like i'm drinking gin and tonic in a cloud yeah like, <laughs> what's going on here exactly if you don't stop to marvel at that for us for at least a few seconds every time you fly then you, you've lost perspective i think on, on on the wonders of life to be fair though, I'm, I'm the same with those pens where you can write upside down they, <laughs> they blow my mind like, never mind planes and like computers and stuff Whoa. Uh, well that's i mean that that's the essence of joy the joy of living isn't it taking pleasure from simple things yeah, and I think right. I think I think that's like I think that all it all comes back round to like though, to those things like and 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 you know football and, and music you know like, I mean, obviously you can enjoy both on your own like you can be an armchair mm -hmm. fan you can sit and watch a football match on your own or you could sit and listen to an album that's one experience then there's obviously the live experience of like being at a football match with thousands of other people or being at a gig with tens hundreds thousands whatever. And you have a shared experience, but it's it's very much a collective experience. It's not, you know, you're not, maybe you do over time at a football, start to get to know the people around you and start talking to them and stuff. But at gigs, you know, you, you tend to look at each other, smile, you know, clap, dance along with each other, but you don't get to know the people in and around you. And by bra branching out with, a, with like a music podcast to fans of the same band, you're effectively now starting to understand the people around you at the gigs from a from afar aren't you uh and 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 i guess understanding the makeup of all those different all those different people and you know like like football um you can have lots and lots of different views whether it be political religious whatever but you've got this one thing in common and i just think i, I think it's really really nice uh, have you have you like the people that you've come into contact with through your through the arctic monk what's it called by the way it's called Arctic. Uh, it's called Don't Believe, Don't Believe the Hype, which was right. the 
for a bit of background, that was the first thing that they said in the first ever music video. He said, we're Arctic Monkeys, don't believe the hype. But some people have taken that to mean that we're taking the piss out of the band, weirdly. We had a couple of emails saying, oh, is it not a bit derogatory towards the band? So this is from people who've like jumped on them since the fifth album. So we've had to kind of like hold the hand and be like, no, no. Let's explain no. it to you. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I, I thought it was a public enemy podcast, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first. This is weird. It's a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> I know Nick likes niche stuff. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so... I, is what I was the, the the thing that the point I was leading to there was like, is there a, a typical Arctic Monkeys fan, or are they like a real cross? You know, like is an Arctic Monkeys fan in the UK as similar to a Brazilian Arctic Monkeys fan in, or are they are they all completely different? It's, it's a weird one because obviously the, the first album was such a life change. Well, for myself and my colleague Dan, I, the first album was such a life changing one because the the life that they're describing in that album, we were living it at the time, like going mm. out to nightclubs, getting rejected by girls and stuff. So as the band sounds change, it's kind of like as we've grown up. But then we found there's so many people who, particularly in America, that didn't get into them until like album number five, which was like the one that broke them in America. Am so we just take it for granted that these songs on the first album, people have them up as the favorites as we do. And then yet to find these people who didn't hear anything like before album five and that especially the South Americans tend to be just a lot more open to the new stuff. I've, I've noticed over here in the UK, the, this current album and the one before people have just got no time for it because they're not, they're not singing about, fingering girls in an asda car park or whatever <laughs> you're kind of like it's a bit, bit more abstract and stuff but the south americans you tend to find it'll just go for anything like so the south americans are listening to podcasts about songs that they've not even heard and just absolutely lapping it up it's yeah it, I, I just always thought everyone was like in love with the first album and it went from there but it's, it's nice seeing this just people who've discovered them like recently and have like gone back and worked their way through the back catalog it's Blows my mind. Just a lot of stuff blowing my mind, and and that's just another one. You're like walking around with bandages around your head, aren't you? Just trying to keep all <laughs> the fragments of skull in place. You're just like a permanent emoji. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's all about point of point of entry, though, isn't it? Like, where do you, where do you you know, like you know, f when I was like 17, definitely maybe came out. So it was just like rock. Like I'm in a band. It's rock and roll star, cigarettes and alcohol. It was all, you know, live forever. It was just, yeah, it just connected with me. You know what I mean? And that, and, and, and for me then, like one album, two albums of Oasis, and then I just got bored of them. Because, but, because it was that that moment in time, that album, boom, it was like, it was just mega. And it just connected. And then over time, I just kind of like, but then other people kind of got into Oasis later and later and, getting into this album, then you go back and discover earlier albums and all that kind of stuff. And But sometimes, like, bands are just for us. You know, there's a, there's a saying that there's for, something's for a reason, a season, or for life. Um, and so it, sometimes a band's like that. It's just like one album, you have a phase of it for a year or two, and then you move on, it goes, whatever. Um, so obviously it's the same with the Arctic Monkeys for lots of different people, but obviously for you, you're a, you're a lifer. At this stage, yeah, like, yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck now. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I don't think they've even done anything where I've said, "Oh, I don't like that." 
And but I, but I genuinely, if there was something I didn't like, that it, I mean, there's a couple of songs I can take or leave. But I, I genuinely think I would be like, but I, like you said about Oasis. I mean, you were seventeen, I was, so I was seven when Definitely Maybe came out, and just became obsessed with it. Same with Morning Glory, and then after that, I kind of discovered Pulp and the Manics. So I kind mm. of like moved moved on to them. So Oasis kind of passed me by. After, I'll be here now as well. Was another Oasis one. That's probably my favorite Oasis album. Weirdly. Um, I think every every band should do a cocaine album. It's got some big tunes on it, though, hasn't it? To be fair, yeah, um, absolute belter. Yeah, but that I mean, that's the thing. It's just it's very very. I think people underestimate how hard it is as well as for a band to to keep making music to to evolve to change. One of my favorite bands, one of the most underrated bands of the last forty years, is James. Yes, because yes. they still innovate they still write music the same way like the improv the, the their processes they still make great music now I, I there's over the period of time there's like eh, the stuff that i've done that that's not quite so but they still make great music and they're like you know tim boo's like 62 now he's like dancing around the stage like a lunatic and the, you know they've not They've never compromised. They've never they've never just like rested on the laurels and said, "Well, we can go out and do greatest hits tours and make loads of money." They'd rather retire than do that. So they keep producing new music, and I've got a lot of respect for that. You know, um, they'll, they'll they'll turn up at a festival and they'll play all their new songs that nobody knows when everyone really wants them to be played. All the hits, you know, they they do That's things the, yeah. their own way, and I've got a lot of time for that. And you know, maybe Arctic Monkeys be one of those bands that, that I mean, really, it is Alex Turner's project, isn't it? He does like most of the songwriting, and sort of the rest of them are just kind of like, hey, this is a good gig, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get but, a year uh, away from the kids. Yeah, exactly. But you just keep, you know, keep evolving, keep pushing, keep doing what you want to do. And I guess maybe like to bring it right back to the beginning of the Arctic Monkeys story now, which is like, the, the the relationship with record labels the way that you can produce music the way that you can release music there's you can just you know you're not beholden to sort of that well you've got to sell 20 million albums because nobody does that anymore yeah that's exactly it. they can just i it sounds weird but i kind of liken them to radiohead in that respect that they've just they won't come from it. they'll just do what they want they'll just do whatever they feel comfortable doing but i think what what people something something we kind of kind of chanced upon on the on the podcast in the last few weeks was that the stuff that Arctic Monkeys were singing about like in the first couple of albums, like going out, clubbing, getting drunk and all that, that whole scene of in the in, in music kind of died out. The whole this whole indie scene of like singing about going out clubbing it died out around that time. Probably because they'd kind of almost like completed it. It's like, well we're not going to do it better <laughs> than that. So if, yeah. if they were still singing about that now then yeah. people would be slagging them off either way. So they, yeah, you can't yeah. win, can you? Well, it's, it's, authentic, it's thing, inauthentic, isn't it? Take down people. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's well, it's it, inauthentic. Right? Yeah. You know, you've got to, you've got to just write about what 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 you see and what your life is and where you're at. Um, and that's you can't really do any more than that. That's you know, that's where you're at. So, going back to James as well, I, I once saw James and they didn't place it down. And people were so people were so annoyed, and I was just like, "Yeah, mad respect." I like they've elevated even higher for me now. The fact that they're just like, "Yeah, don't give a shit." And they're a great live band. Like they'll improvise, they'll change the setting. Like they like to live dangerously. It's like they push themselves all the time to not be boring and not get bored. And I got a lot of respect for that. And uh, I'm going to see them in Halifax in July. 
and I can't wait. It's going to be a good day out. That's, that's what annoys me about the whole Manchester scene is that, that that Tony Wilson quote where he said, this is Manchester, we do things differently here. It's yeah. like, well, no, because Oasis split up 10 years ago and people are still going on about them. Like, people yeah. are still, but not just going on about them. It's not like going on about them saying, like, oh, one of the best bands of all time, but people are like, actively wanting them to get back together and stuff like that. It's like, well, yeah. this is holding back. Like, and people, people just don't talk about bands like James who are probably in the top three Manchester bands, to be fair. Oh, absolutely. Just don't, people yeah. just going on about Oasis all the time. I mean, it's like, you know, did have James ever released an album as good as the Stone Roses debut album? No, because that's an absolute fucking classic. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. definitely maybe is an absolute classic. It's like, you know, but to, to produce a body of work over 40 years, which is yeah. consistently really good, I mean, that's a far greater achievement than like writing one great album, I think, because it's a lifetime, you know, a lifetime's worth of work. Um, and it's also an incredibly difficult thing to do to keep a band together for that long. You know, that in itself well, is a massive too. challenge. Being in a band is a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. really is. All the associated egos and everything. Exactly. Just, yeah, yeah to, to be still going that, that long, like, it's it's absolutely man. But that, that's, the, that's the thing that gets, the thing that gets leveled at, it gets leveled at Arctic Monkeys a lot. Little people say, "Oh, they've, they've done nothing since the first album." It's like, well, what chance have you got when your first album is like? And it, that killed the Stone Roses, you know, mm. having, having a first album that good. It's like, well, where where do you go from there? How, how yeah. can we top that? But also, like the thing that they had with um, with the record company and all that stuff, and not being able to release records, and you know, the, the whole kind of like massive way up until the second coming, and then the massive comparison. You know, it, it, I mean, this is why I look because I'm in a indie sort of tribute act, sort of like we call Spiked Island, and we do like baggy to Britpop, so we cover like the late '80s to the mid '90s. And for me, that was like that. That was the last great period, like up to the sort maybe up to about 2000. Where main where the mainstream, where great pop music, where there was a scene in the mainstream, where like everybody knew it, you know, like everybody knew it, because now it's all become so diversified. Everything you can find what you want. Everything since the internet kicked in, like obviously in the early two thousands, and I've you know streaming and all that, everything's changed. But up until like the late night, like Britpop was the last for me, the last big cultural in Britain big cultural musical phenomenon that kind of like went alongside a changing government politics, like a, a, a big massive cultural shift. There's not really been anything since, since that, that has been, I mean, there'll be lots of young people. If there's any young people listening to this, they'll be like, they'll have their own subcultures and their own subgenres and things that change their lives. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about with it all being within the frame of, on the BBC, on you know, four channels, four radio stations, and it's just it's changed so much since since that time, hasn't it? I mean, it, it sounds very it, we're like we're like two old men yelling at the clouds here. But I really wish I could have been like ten years older for Britpop, like just getting to like drinking age and stuff like because it was like music, football, and politics just all all wrapped up together. It was all like melded, and it was just and yeah, just for it to be. Like this kind of independent music movement, and it was so mainstream. Just for, for it to be the charts, so in the zeitgeist, the charts. Because the, the thing was as well is that like because I, I was like 1990, I was 12, and so you had like 
you were coming to the end of all the Manchester stuff and but and, and mm. rave and uh, dance music was all coming into the sort of like starting to come into the into the mainstream culture. So like come sort of like 94, 95, 96, 97, in the charts you'd have like Oasis, Blur, Orbital, the Chemical Brothers, uh, the Prodigy, like number one. Uh, like singles from the prodigy and like the box by orbital which is just like a really weird spooky soundtrack i think it went straight in at number two or something like that you know like and yeah. all this stuff was going on common people was like massive and it was a really era defining piece of music and it was it was just it was amazing because it was catching the tail end of like of rave and and free underground parties in Manchester under railway arches. And, and, and Manchester was like, was a great night out, but it was a, a much dirtier night out than it is now. <laughs> like it's a much more polished. Yeah. Now it was, you know, it, there was stuff happening all the time. It was, it was mental. So to be on, to be at the end of that and to, to sort of like be living through that period of dance music and, and um, techno and indie and British music, English music, music made, in your towns, in your cities around you. It felt, it was just fantastic because it felt like we were the center of the world. Like it, it, it really did. Like all the best music was coming out of our little island, which is why we're called Spiked Island. It's like, it was like the island had been spiked and everyone was off their tits. And like, we, you know, it was just this like mad creative place. But, you know, bringing it back, we're going down some rabbit holes here, but that's why it's got, I like talking to you. But like, it's, it's, I think stump something like this is probably about to start happening again because it was off the back of a long Tory period of Tory government where the country was on its ass, everyone was fed up, and you know there was a flip and a change. And I'm hoping that that, that something like something similar from a creative point of view is going to start happening in terms of you know because where's the protest music these days, Nick? That's it. I, got th I was I was thinking about this today when when Terry Hall passed away. I was just thinking, well, wh where is there that's that's like the, the closest I can think of is Idols, and I, I really thought I liked Idols, and then I got tickets for them before the pandemic. It got moved about three or four times, and then by the time I came around to seeing them, I got about twenty minutes into the gig and was like, oh, turns out I don't like Idols. <laughs> so it's just this really, really weird moment, yeah. So yeah, there's 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 nothing like, that. but it's it's. Going back to Tony Wilson, I'm assuming you've seen uh, 24 Hour Party People. I have, yeah. Um, there's a part in that where he's talking about how one one movement gives way to another. So you had you had Joy Division, and obviously what happened there, they became New Order, and then that was like the birth of rave culture. You had the Happy Mondays, and then that that all led to stuff like Oasis as well. Yeah, and then so so something's got to come like that. I, I really hope it does because I'm, I'm kind of waiting for that that because I kind of. So as a child, I was into Oasis and then Pulp and Britpop and everything. And then late 90s, after Britpop had kind of died out, you had like just shit garage music, like just populating the charts and until the Strokes came out. And then that led the Libertines to get signed as like a British alternative to the Strokes. And that's kind of what kicked off. And then obviously the Libertines split up, which paved the way for Arctic Monkeys. And it's just, it all goes in cycles. So there's got to be something to come soon. I feel like just every morning, I'm just waiting for this thing now to come out this this new generation but uh like i said the protest songs particularly there's got to be something there must be it, I, th I think i think there is i think there always is there always there's always great music out there there's always terrible music out there but i think i think the difference for me is about is about the accessibility to the mainstream 
Like I think that's it back when it was just four TV channels and you know and and the radio was 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 more limited. The best pop music got onto the radios like as long obviously a lot of crap got on there as well, but the best stuff always got there because it was the best stuff. Um and it, it became popular and it grew and then and then it was then it was pop music. And and you know, you look back to like the big sort of like the, the big era of protest music in the sixties and seventies and stuff, you know, when there was big issues that again it kind of got forced into the mainstream whereas now it just kind of gets lost in the void it can just get you know it's just like a, a little corner of the internet is like going yeah 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 this is great we've got this music but it's not punching its way through into the con into the the, the mass consciousness um, and i think that's i think that's the downside of all this brilliant technology and all this the fact that we can do this and we can put it out there to a, a little, however many audience of number of people listens to it and stuff. It's like, yeah, there's just kind of the collective consciousness is not as focused on in the same things, which in is in it of itself is a good thing and a bad thing. Double edged sword, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is what it is. But look, before we uh, before we finish up, I want to ask you about um, the production side of it. So how how do you and Dan make the podcast? So yeah, we so we do it on StreamYard, just as you do with your stuff. Uh, so remotely, we've done we've done one or two episodes like together, uh, but yeah, mostly it's remotely, and then we just share the load in terms of in terms of producing it. So Dan's Dan's good with video editing and that sort of thing. I can do the sound editing, and we just make so run the social media accounts together and. Yeah, it's, it's got to a stage where it's kind of like a well-oiled machine. We know what we're going to do each week. And then with us having started the Patreon now, that just makes it even easier because we do an extended episode. So basically for the Patreon subscribers, we don't edit the episode. Yeah. So that can just go go straight, which make, makes us a lot more uh, a lot more conscious of not wanting to have too much stuff to cut out, which just makes it in turn easier doing mm. the, actual, the actual podcast. But yeah, so we... We, we try and record like a couple of weeks in advance. So we've got a couple of episodes to fall back on. If something happens, if one of us is ill or something, yeah. then we know we don't necessarily have to do it every week. Um, but yeah, because it's during lockdown that I taught myself all this. Like, the, the what, software, what software like do you use for your editing? So editing, so I, I use Canva for graphic stuff. And in terms of the sound editing, I use Audacity. Yeah. Um, just train myself to use it. It's one of them. I've had it on my computer for so long. And then... When I first joined the podcast, I never had, had cause to use it, so I didn't. I didn't bother to to learn. Then I was doing my own radio show for a bit, like last year, and I just thought, right, I'm gonna have to learn to use this. And it's become got to the point if you want to do if you want to do podcasts and you want to kind of eventually make a living from doing this sort of thing, then you get to the stage where it's like, well, I'm going. To, it's a necessary tool now. It's, it's the kind. Of, it's the kind of thing like with the jobs I want to eventually go for, I'm going to need it on my CV. So. And obviously, having like two, three years of lockdown, like I needed something to do. <laughs> just <laughs> teach myself, teach myself how to use this. It's nice. It's nice that it's finally got a purpose rather than just being for me. Right? And it's and it's one of those things where it's just. I mean, I, I'm the kind of person that, that learns through doing, and I use Audacity as well because it's free and it's easy to use. And if you want to find out about a particular thing, how do I do this? You jump on YouTube, don't you? How do I do this? <laughs> and it's there, yeah. and you learn it step by step. You don't have to sort of go through a, you know, I'm not very good at sitting down and going through a whole class of things and following a. I just want to, 
I want to figure it out by, and I'd say same with Canva, um, Adobe, um, Premiere Rush I'm using for video editing and things like that. I'm just yeah. different things all the time. I'm just downloading loose and then just getting in there and doing it and finding out through, through doing it. It's like once you've made the commitment of like, I'm putting out a podcast, then you have to figure it out, don't you? It's kind of like, you yeah. just learn on the job, don't you? So I've kind of got to the stage of just, like when I got asked to do it by Dan, I was just like, right, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it and work out the rest later because I, yeah. I want to do it. So yeah. I'll find a like you said as well. Yeah, just learn it, learn it by doing it, and then if not, there's YouTube tutorials. That's the only way I've ever pleased a woman. <laughs> so fine, fine. What you mean, like when she gets a bit frisky, you just uh, you just put a YouTube tutorial on, and she just sits there and watches that. No, no, no. I watch, I watch the tutorials so I know what to do. Oh, all right. Okay. You don't want to go, don't want to go disappointing just, people, do you? Should just leave her there watching the uh, you, watching how to how to fix a shelf. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I don't know what you know. Anyway. Uh, each to their own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think I think and I think as well, I think like just to link it back to the Arctic Monkeys and that it it, it it's that it, that's the sort of like the, the time. It, it brings us back to that do-it-yourself time frame, doesn't it? Of like, you know, like we—it's kind of, it's kind of punk for everybody now. Like you've, you know, like the essence of like if you wanted to be in a band, you want to be in a punk band, you just pick up because you just learn three notes, four chords, whatever, and write something and 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 do it. And it's the same thing now. It's like the, te- you know, it's not that long ago that you used to have to know how to use code to build websites, to do this, to do that. You don't have to know it. You don't have to know any of it. It's all so easy to to use now. All it takes is a little bit of time, um, confidence just to mess around with it. And you can do it, can't you, really easily? Yeah. So I, I was I was never like at school and college, I was if I ever had a problem with a computer or something, I'd have to, you know, take it to someone who knew. But I've I've kind of got the reputation now of oh Nick's a computer person because I can do all this stuff. It's like yeah. nothing could be further. If you know, if, if I got a virus or something, I'd be I'd be snookered. You know, I won't I won't be able to help anyone. But yeah, to get this reputation for being a computer person just off the back of teaching yourself to learn, so just some stuff that's basically made for people like us. Just this software that people have got. Yeah. People want to do stuff in the house. So I'm going to make some yeah. software for them. Yeah, astonishing. There's some actual brains behind all this, isn't there? There really is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's, it's weird because I've already got to the stage where you kind of take it for granted. Like the other week, Streamyard was down and was wasn't wasn't like syncing up to YouTube, and just I just got a massive meltdown. <laughs> yeah. like ten, ten minutes before we're doing a live podcast, I was like, "What yeah. are we gonna do? It's horrible." <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I know it is. It's amazing. It really is. So, where can people find you? What's it called again? And where can people find it? So it's called Don't Believe the Hype. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Arctic Podcast. And in our bios on there is the links to everything else, to our TikTok, Patreon, like what other podcast providers we're on and everything is there. We're not on Facebook, though. Don't know why. We just never bothered with it. That's Have you blessing. seen a state of it? It's a blessing. It's a, it's, a, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible place, Facebook. Hate it. Hate it. Horrible cesspit, isn't it? Ho- awful. Are as you, soon are as everyone's you... mum joined it, it went down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just, <laughs> it's oh. Anyway, I, I, we haven't got time to get into to, to why. Must be a separate podcast. That That's a whole separate podcast. Are you? How close are you to getting Alex Turner on your show? See, we, we've had this in our wild, wildest dreams. We've had this discussion. Been like, 
well, if any band were going to like reveal a new release on something like this, it'd be them. Like, I, I think we'd be more likely to maybe get the drummer on. Like, we've started, f- we've uh, interacted with like the drummer's dad on Twitter. The drummer, the drummer, the drummer, who's known only as the drummer. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Who, who weirdly is like the other main member? He's like the, the other driving force alongside Alex. So, yeah, Matt Helders, Matthew J. Helders the third. So, yeah, I think, I think we'd maybe have a chance of getting him on in the future, but we'll, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. I'd love that, but I'd just go to pieces. That'd be it. There'd be no point recording any more episodes after that because <laughs> it's just like, well, like one of my all time heroes. Like, nah, but best stay clear of him, really. And the restraining order says I should as well. So, well, yeah, you've, you've a few of them. You've a few yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You know, Not my first let's, rodeo. Let's keep that for WhatsApp um, yeah. you know, rather than in the public, the public arena. Um, but yeah, I know. I really enjoy talking to you about that, Nick. Thanks, mate. Um, good luck with it. Um, Reaching, is anybody in the Arctic listening? Do you know? Have you had any response from the Arctic? So we've we've got a big fan in America who is he runs the Arctic Monkeys US fan site, and I've noticed over the past few years on Reddit and on Twitter, he seems to know like what the band are going to be doing before. So he's got a connection somewhere. He's in with the band because he. He knew all the details of the new album about two months before it came out and dropped loads of cryptic hints that turned out to be absolutely spot on. So he knows someone and he, he's into us. So well, I, I was I, I was actually referring to like the Arctic Circle, like at the top of the, the top of the like. Is there anybody you know like? I think our, our northernmost listener is Canada at the moment. Okay, but it's, so, it's, it's pushing up there. It'd be nice to know that your Arctic, the Arctic podcast, was being listened to in the Arctic Circle by an Arctic Monkeys fan. That would come. That well, would complete uh, some things. I kind of worry that there's like some some like Sherpas or like Arctic conservation experts who've like searched for Arctic podcast and accidentally stumbled upon us and then just become big Arctic Monkeys fans. That'd be well, good. If, if I'll take that. That's it. That's it. That 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 that's where these things work, in mysterious ways. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's it. Nice one. Cheers, Nick. Cheers. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, mate. Thank you for listening to Q Podcast, hosted and produced by me, Matt Dean, for Q Pod. For more information about QPod, which is spelt K-U-P-O-D, please visit qpod.co.uk where you will find the services that we offer to help you, your business or organisation, connect with others through creative marketing, media and podcast production. If you're a podcaster and would like to feature as a guest on the show, please email info at qpod.co.uk. We'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram and Twitter at QPod UK. All the information about this week's guest and their podcast can be found in the show notes, so please support them, have a listen to their podcast and follow them on social media. The theme from Q Podcast was written and produced by Manchester DJ and producer Starion. And for more information, please visit redlaserrecords.bandcamp.com. See you next time on... Yeah.